Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Um, I'm just going to pray and then we're going to get in and continue our One John series this morning. So dear God, I just pray, Father, as we, we read this passage and go through your word, I just pray, Lord God, that, that you speak, that your Holy Spirit guide and lead this morning um, and that I get out of the way, Lord God, and you're able to speak and, and your word is able to, to effect change in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to be reading in the book of 1 John in chapter 2. But before I get into this message, um, the passage that we're going to go through, I wanted to bring context to the message um, because I think it's important. The very, very first verse in this chapter, 1 John 2, verse 1, it says, My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. And that's what we're talking about um, in this message. These letters that, that John has written so that we do not sin. But, but if you do sin, and the scriptures just before this explain that if you say that you don't sin, then you're lying and you're making God out to be a liar. So it's when you do sin, but when you do sin, there is someone to plead for you before the Father. So as we're reading this and we're reading about how to not sin and, and trying to live our lives, let's remember that, that Jesus paid the price and he pleads for us for when we fall short, not if we fall short. So I just want to, I think that's important to, to bring context as we go through this. So let's read 1 John chapter 2 verse 15 to 17. It says this. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So first here, we know God loves the world. God loved the world so much that he gave his son. And here it's not talking about the world, the people in the world. It's talking about the perspective that the world takes. It's talking about being worldly, the things of this world. Um, we're, we're in this world, but we're not of it. The things of this world, this, this passage is talking about lust and pride. And the first graphic that will come up, essentially the world's perspective is, is lust and pride and it's temporary. I think it's important that it's temporary. There's so much truth in this. Again, it's not talking about not loving the world. We are called to love people and love people in the world. It's talking about a worldly perspective. And I don't know about you, but I know people who live with this perspective. They live for the moment. They, they live in, and ultimately they're guided by lust or pride. They're, they're trying to be that cool dude, have this certain image or... Um, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side, wanting what other people have, not happy or content with what they got. I think we all know people who live that way. And I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to live that way. I don't want you to live that way. And I don't think God wants me or you guys to live that way. And so that's what I think th this passage is, is saying. So it's saying we need to shift our perspective on life. We, we can't have a worldly perspective on life. We can't live that way. So we need to shift our worldly perspective to what? And I think that the structure of this passage 
actually gives it away and tells us the what. At the end of, of this passage, it says, but if you do the will of God, you will live forever. This world is fading away and everything it craves, temporary. But if you do the will of God, you'll live forever. It shifts from temporary in the moment to eternity, to a kingdom perspective. It shifts our perspective to a kingdom perspective. So we need to shift our perspective from the moment to eternity. Because we know the issue with the moment. We know the issue with living in the moment. And we learn it in primary school. It's not a profound concept, living in the moment. If you, if you, if you make a decision when you're angry, anger's going to make the decision, not you. It's a basic concept of, of not making decisions and, and having a perspective and living in the moment. We know that's not a way that's going to be able to, to, to challenge sin and to get through um, temptation and challenges. So here's the first tip of how to beat the perspective of the world and stop chasing lust and pride and living in the moment is having a kingdom perspective, fighting the good fight for eternity. So psychologists actually call this concept futures thinking, this idea that you take your focus out of the moment and onto something in the future. It's called futures thinking. It's adopted in essentially all mental health work. Um, if you've done suicide prevention training, the, the, the idea to, to prevent the suicide when someone's in, in crisis is to get them out of the moment and get them to focus on a point in the future, bring an aspect of hope, point them to the future and get them out of the moment. Uh, also, in mental health work, when um, you're a caseworker, I've been a caseworker in the mental health industry, and one of the main objectives is to create goals, is to get, get your client to, to think of the future, create a goal, and help them work towards um, a goal in the future. It's called futures thinking. It's a concept psychologists have adopted. But I think where they've got it right is this concept. I think where they've got it wrong is... is they're shifting their perspective on a goal that's going to eventually be reached and then they've got to create more goals that's never ending. I think that's a bit they've got wrong instead of an eternal perspective, a kingdom perspective and something that's constant and lasts forever. We see this practically outside of a Christian context with our forefathers who went to war. They were able to, to have a, a future perspective. They were able to see, you know, I'm going to make a sacrifice and go to war and risk my life because they could see the uh, political agenda that they didn't want their kids to have to live through. They didn't want the next, their next generation to live through oppression. So they made a sacrifice and went to war. That's that same idea of futures thinking. If, if there's any confusion still around this idea that John brings and turns our, spect, uh, our pers perspective to a kingdom perspective, is there any confusion left around it? Here is a, a kingdom perspective perfected. In Luke 23, verse 34. Father, please forgive them, for they know not what they do. So Jesus is on the cross. as a group of people who are torturing him and murdering him. In the moment, he didn't respond out of his pain. He didn't respond out of his hurt. He didn't respond out of pride, out of arrogance. These people are beneath me. I'm the son of God. No, no, he has a kingdom perspective. He understands that eternity is in the balance. He understands that this life, he's not living in this moment, in this life, this temporary life. No, he has a kingdom, eternal perspective. And with that perspective, he understands what's in the balance. 
He understands what's in the balance. And so he says he pleads to God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't have a kingdom perspective. They don't understand. That's a kingdom perspective perfected. I wanted to give a shout out to someone. I think they know it's coming because I did in the last service as well. But Christine Lowe. Uh, she cleans here on a Friday. She pumps worship music and, and cleans this building on a Friday. And I, I work here on a Friday because it's youth and it's the best day ever, youth day. And um, so we bump into each other most Fridays and, and we have a chat. And one week, um, Christine Lowe was, was telling me how, oh, there's bills piling up. It's been a bit of a hard week. And so in the same conversation, she's telling me, she's having a hard week, bills are piling up. In the exact same conversation, Christine Lowe then goes on to tell me how she's trying to buy a hot dog machine for youth. <laughs> how she's trying to buy a vending machine to be able to bring down to youth and make it awesome. Because Christine, she has a, a popcorn machine, snow cone machine. She comes down and, and gives free popcorn and snow cones to the kids. So in this same week, she, she's dealing with these realities of life. She's in the exact same conversation talking about how she is going to sacrifice more to, to do the kingdom of God's will. That's a kingdom perspective. A kingdom perspective. And so that's what I'm going to talk about with, with the time we have remaining, is how to have a kingdom perspective. So the first thing I think that helps us to have a kingdom perspective is the renewing of our minds. In Romans 12 verse 2, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing of our mind. The word consistency is, is, is something that if you've read any real estate book, business book, success book, mentoring book, 90% of them are going to talk about consistency. Consistency creates outcomes. Consistency creates success. We need to consistently renew our mind. Each day we need to wake up and choose to renew our mind and have a kingdom perspective as we enter our days. It's, it needs to be something consistent. I know um, it, Christianity itself, if you've been a Christian more than a moment, you know that it's not just a moment decision. It's something we need to continue to make it, a decision we make daily. In every moment we choose to, to try and be a Christian. We choose to be Christians. It's the same with having a, a kingdom perspective. To approach each day with a kingdom perspective we need to choose it constantly. We need to renew our minds each day. Wake up in your morning and choose to have a kingdom perspective. There's another a concept that psychologists use. It's called front of mind. And it's now used in essentially every single public and primary and high school um, in Australia. What, what the, the idea is something's front of mind. If you're thinking about something and it's, it's, it's been recently at the front of your mind, it's much more likely to influence your behavior. So um, what they do is they talk about resilience. Every year there's resilience workshops and well-being workshops in schools. And then the idea is that if we can, can talk about tools and strategies that our students can um, use to be more resilient or to, to better their well-being, then when they do go through hardship, when they do go through challenges or, or that's affected, it's on front of mind. They have strategies. And they have tools at the front of mind, and they're much more likely to use it. In the same way, we need to renew our mind to have a perspective, a kingdom perspective, when we approach life. Number two. Number two is understanding that pain produces potential. I think this is huge. Oh, 
It's in the Bible, so it can't be wrong. James 1, verse 2, consider it pure joy when trouble comes your way. It doesn't say cop it on the chin. It says consider it pure joy when trouble comes your way. Understanding that pain produces potential. Consider it joy when you go through hardship. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is finally developed, you'll be strong in character and ready for anything. I think an understanding that pain produces potential, something that helps us to have a kingdom perspective when we live out each day. Is, uh, I'm sure if you've been around church for a while, you've probably heard um, the, the story of the bamboo plant. If you haven't, the, 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 the bamboo plant, the first year when it's planted, it grows about a meter high. And then year after year, for four years, there is no growth. It stays around a meter high. And in the fifth year, this, this plant, this bamboo plant, grows to be one of the tallest plants in the world. And it's because for four years, its roots grow deep. And, and for four years, it has growth and, and its foundations are grown so that in its fifth year, it can experience one of the largest growths any plant has. And this idea that, that pain produces potential when we understand God's, God's creating roots, God, God's building us up so that we don't lack and we're able to take it on. When we can understand pain produces potential and actually consider it joy when we go through hard time, that helps us to have a kingdom perspective. And the third point, if we're going to have a kingdom perspective, an eternal perspective of God um, on the throne, we need to know God. We need to know God and uh, to be able to know his kingdom, to have a kingdom perspective. In 1 John 2 verse 28, the end of this passage in, in this 1 John series we're looking at today, says, Now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Continue in him. We need to be in relationship with him. It's not some profound secret of this thing. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's living in Him. We need to actually read our Bibles, actually pray, actually take time to fast, actually get to know and be in relationship with God so that when He comes, we can stand boldly. And yes, we fall short, but that's why I started with that context that, that Jesus will advocate. If we're, if, we're, if we're aiming for God, God's will for our life, we're chasing Him and having a kingdom perspective, Jesus has got a case to work with. He, he can advocate on our behalf. We continue in him. In 2 Peter 3 verse 18, it says, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Jesus will make our case. When we do life with him and stay in him, knowing him is going to enable us even more to have a perspective of his kingdom, have a kingdom perspective. One of the last things um, before we wrap, Jesus' disciples, they, they lived life with him. I was chatting with my wife Sarah this week about it, and what was so fascinating is the disciples, they couldn't get it when Jesus was there. It was so hard for them to get it and understand when Jesus was there. They constantly didn't have faith. When Jesus went, he said, pray, pray. He's preparing to die on the cross, and He's got his 12 disciples, the people meant to have his back. He tells them to pray. He goes, he comes back, and they're all asleep. <laughs> it's, it's like they couldn't get it. But when Jesus died and went to the cross, and, and the Holy Spirit come, and they got the understanding of, of a kingdom perspective, 
they ended up dying as martyrs and becoming heroes and started the church because they understood a kingdom perspective. They understood a kingdom perspective. So as I wrap, Jesus will make a case when we fall short. But we still have to go through life trying so that Jesus can make a case. And one way to live in this world but not of it is to have a kingdom perspective. Three ways to have a kingdom perspective. Renew our minds consistently. Understand that pain produces potential. And three, know the owner of the kingdom. You've got to be in relationship with God. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to pray. And, and as I pray, um, I'm going to ask that David and Lockie come up. We're going to um, continue the conversation. So as they're coming, let me pray, and then we'll get into that. Dear God, thank you that you are a good father. Thank you that you have a plan and purpose for our life. Thank you that we don't have to do this alone. That, Lord God, as we, we choose to follow you and as we fight the good fight and understand that eternity is in the balance, that salvation is in the balance, that, Lord God, we can step into each day doing your will. That we can step into each day bold, Lord God, chasing and living the life that you have planned for us, Lord God. We can become more like Jesus and, and continue the, the straight and narrow race. But thank you so much for your love and grace of Jesus. That, 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 you have, that Jesus paid the price so that we do have an advocate. We do have someone to make our case and, and have our backs for, backs for when we fall short. Because we do fall short and we're human. We thank you so much for that love and grace that you gave us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.